This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. You know, I've been in this industry for a long, long time. And you know, I got my start right there in Memphis, Tennessee. So what better person than to give a little intro to the only podcast in the UK that specifically talks about Memphis wrestling. That's right. We're talking about Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. Folks, sit back, grab you a cup of hot tea. Hope you enjoy it. Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. Got a doggone good-looking show lined up. This is the future, baby, and Jimmy Hart's here. You're not in the same caliber as I am. Who's the greatest wrestler in the world and why am I? You're acting like a hoodlum now. Come on, quit it! Hello again wrestling fans and welcome to the studios of the old bakery as we get ready to give you another exciting week here at the UK's number one and only Memphis wrestling related podcast. We are as always the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. I am your host Mr. Luke Jennings here to bring you the uh, happenings of the Memphis Territory. Hopefully everything is fine and dandy where you are. We are uh, middle of June now. Things are uh, hurtling towards the summer and uh, Everything is good here. Please do not forget to follow us on Twitter, at MemphisCast, and to hit the subscribe button on our home, the place to be wrestling network. Home of great shows such as Wrestling's Chicken Salad, NWA Saturday Special, PTBN's Main Event, Nation Invasion, Highway to the Impact Zone, The Monday Night Project, and so many other great shows brought to you on a near-daily basis. You can follow the network on Twitter, at PTBN Wrestling. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, a couple of weeks ago some of the uh, rewind episodes we uh, gave you. We gave you um, the very first episode of the Memphis Content Wrestling Cast from a couple of years ago. So hopefully you've hopefully you can hear the difference in uh, what we do. I could. I had a quick scout over it, and you could definitely hear my um, my tone has changed. The quality has changed. Everything. So hopefully you are enjoying the show. We are 109 episodes deep. So hopefully you have been enjoying us throughout our journey here. YouTube.com forward slash at MemphisCast allows you to watch the episode that we covered today. You can also visit whenitwascool.com for podcasts, articles and much more on retro pop culture, comics, wrestling, movies, TV, toys, history and much, much more. This week we're covering the 2nd of April 1983. Last week we covered the 26th of March where we saw rock and roll, moondogs, crazy brawls, quick wins as well as all the other usual awesomeness from the Memphis Territory. Before we head down to ringside, let's see what's been happening around the wrestling world. On the 27th of March 1983, a rowdy Roddy Piper defeated Mid-Atlantic TV champion Dick Slater in Asheville, North Carolina at the Civic Centre to win the title. Up in Toronto, Canada at the Maple Leaf Gardens, Jim Nelson defeated Terry Kay to win the Canadian TV title. On the same show, NWA World Champion Ric Flair defeated Roddy Piper to retain the title. Crikey, uh, Roddy Piper's had a busy day. He's uh, in North Carolina and he's up in North Toronto. Christ. Uh, <laughs> NWA World Tag Team Champions Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood defeated Don Canoodle and Sergeant Slaughter in a steel cage match. The next day, on the 28th of March, in Fort Worth, Texas, at the Civic Center, Iceman King Parsons defeats Tolu Yatsu for the world class TV title. Also on the 28th, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, 
Wahoo McDaniel defeated AWA World Champion Nick Bogwinkle by disqualification. As uh, And then on the same day, on the 28th, it was a busy day. San Antonio, Texas, Tully Blanchard and Gino Hernandez defeated the, gr- the Grapplers for the Southwest Tag Titles. Tully hit Gino with the belt and it was declared vacant. The next day, on the 29th of March, Sergeant Slaughter returns to the WWF, defeating one Barry Hart. The next day on the 30th, Miami Beach, Florida, Terry Allen and Scott McGee defeated the Kangaroos to win the global tag team titles. And then on this day, on the 3rd, no, no, are we on the 3rd or on the 2nd? Do apologise, ladies and gentlemen. We're on the 2nd. So no, that, that's it. There's a busy day next week. We've got some. We've got a uh, busy week of results next week. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That was a quick one. So... Uh, yep, the 30th was the last day. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's head down to ringside to see what Lance and Dave have got for us on this week's episode of the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast as we cover the 2nd of March 1983 in episode 109. Please enjoy. Russell Dave Brown right along ringside. Boy, I'll tell you what, we are ginned up for a day of action on Championship Wrestling. We are ready today. Craig Carson, Carl Fergie going to be in here to face the International Roughnecks, the Moondogs, in our opening match of the day. The Destroyers will be going against Rick Morton and Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express. All right. Then we'll have the fabulous one, Steve Kern and Stan Lane in a tag team match. Yes, sir. Not all. The Bruise Brothers with Jimmy Hart, and Hart says he's going to have some information. Information. Information about the Bruise Brothers today. They will be here. Then we will have Big Duke Myers and the Ace of Spades in here as a tag team. They should be a big, formidable tag team, but that's not all. Expiration of time match today. Don't miss this one. You're going to want to hang around because Chief Lone Eagle, weighing in at 96 pounds, will be going against Tiny Tom, weighing in at 99 pounds. All right. I'll tell you what. Fast action. Lots more than that. We're going to get it all in. We better get at it. We'll take time out and be back in just one moment. So we have got an action-packed card. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six matches. Five of those are tag matches. And the main event is going to be a... uh, a little person match. So uh, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> but yes, we've got Moondogs, we've got Destroyers, we've got Fabulous Ones, we've got Bruise Brothers, we've got the, the new team of Duke Myers and the Ace of Spades. I've I've heard of Duke Myers before, but I've not heard of the Ace of Spades. I don't know if we can find out any information on him. I will have a look while we are recording. But just having a look here... Duke Myers is teaming with Sonny King. Duke Myers is teaming with Sonny King. Duke Myers is defeating Bobby Fulton. The Ace of Spades is apparently he's managed by Jimmy Hart. Uh, sorry, sorry, I do apologise. Jim Cornette. He's managed by Jim Cornette. He wrestles on the uh, this coming Monday's Mid South Coliseum. I will have a look as we are recording. I will have a look. So uh, let's head back down to action. A 
Alrighty, we're going to be in the ring here with our opening bout coming up for you today, and we have just a bundle of action all lined up for you. I think you're going to be amazed at the variety of it, including the great midget match that we're looking forward to. That'll be uh, the expiration of time match. And right now, coming in, nothing new, the exuberant Jimmy Hard, head of the first family of professional wrestling with his two oddities, the Moondog. You know, this is the greatest day of my life, but every day is the greatest day of my life. You know, my phone has been ringing off the wall since I purchased the Moondogs, man. It's everywhere. Moondogs, Moondogs, the biggest, baddest, roughest, toughest wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. You know, before I get started here and all go, going excited, tell me, have you got a little piece of film? Have you, have you got enough courage to show the film that we brought oh, in today? Come on. We well, come that. on. Show the Moondogs, uh, <laughs> as well known as any tag this. team in the world. Uh, look at this. Come on, look how strong. Look at this. Over his head. Look what's going on. Wait, 220. Look at this right now. Look at him, baby. Come on, beautiful. Look at Carl Fergie. What's that about? 260. Look at him. Picks him up like nothing. We've just seen footage of the Moondogs destroying Carl Fergie and Bobby Fulton in the Midsouth Coliseum. The baddest wrestlers in the world, the Moondogs. They've held a lot of championships, and I'm sure that you've got something in mind for that. Hey, let me tell you, man, I, you know, I am so excited today. You know, I, I've got to tell you something. You know, how many times have I come out and said, you know, Eddie Marlin, you know, Eddie Marlin's going to have a heart attack. Well, he almost gave me a heart attack this week. You know, I flew to Nashville, Tennessee this week, and I, and I went to Eddie Marlin's office, and I said, you know, Eddie, I said, look, before you start screaming and yelling and trying to kick me out of here, I, I've got something I want to talk to you about. I said, I want a championship match with one of your little favorite wrestlers, with two of your favorite wrestlers, the fabulous ones. And I said, now, please don't scream. Let me get through. I said, you know the Moondogs, baby. They're known all over the world. True. I said, you know, they've had the Caribbean belts, the South African belts, the North American belts in San Juan, Puerto Rico at the Roberto Clemente Coliseum before 76,000 people. They beat Terry and Dory Funk for the belts over there. So I said, these men deserve a title shot. Now, I knew Eddie was going to have a heart attack. So I said, okay, will you think it over? So I left the office. I got back on the plane, and I flew back down here to Memphis. And all of a sudden, my secretary, she said, hey, Jimmy. She said, Eddie Marlin just called. So I got on the phone, and I called Eddie Marlin, and I said, Eddie, What's the word? And he said, you've got a contract in the mail. Can you believe it? So now, the fabulous ones against the Moondogs, it's going to be the match of the year. I can't wait. I'm so excited about it. All I can say, baby, Fabs, be ready, because I'll assure you that Jimmy Hart and the first family and the Moondogs are going to be ready. Who is the smartest man in professional wrestling? Russell and Wyama. Woo, Moondogs, baby. Jimmy Hart, the Moondogs, and we got them in action coming up here right now. I do not envy any team. Fabulous ones or anyone else that has to climb in there with these two bullies who carry around soup bones as big as any I have ever seen. They would have been back from a dinosaur. I got a feeling is where they got those from. Okay, Dave. Well, it's going to be a one fall, 15 minute time limit match if the Moon Dogs will let them in the ring. At 463 pounds from Atlanta, Georgia, Carl Fergie, and from Brown Rock, Texas, Craig Carson, going against them. At a total of 512 pounds, the International Roughnecks with their manager, Jimmy Hart, the Moondogs. And we still have a little... So we are here, ladies and gentlemen, first match. Yeah, the Moondogs going up against Carl Fergie and Craig Carson. Just a quick note, last week... Hold on, I'm going to pause a second just so we can explain things. Um, last week, we were building towards uh, the Fabulous Ones, Dutch Montel and Steve-O going up against the Sheep Herders, uh, Adrian Street and Jesse Barr. Um, the um, 
if the fabulous ones they lost their hair if dutch sorry if the fabulous ones lost they lost their hair if dutch loses he has to throw five thousand dollars of his own cash to the crowd if uh mr steve o loses dutch and the fabulous ones must leave if jesse Barr loses he tosses five thousand dollars of mama cornet's money to the crowd if street loses he loses his hair and miss linda loses hers and then if the sheep herders lose they leave with bar and street um they then had they had that match on the 28th on the Coliseum. The 29th they then had a um, another loser leaves town lose lose her hair or, or money. The street herders lost, um, and then two nights later in Nashville they had a loser leaves town match, which was Dutch uh, Mantel and Stevo defeating the sheep herders. The sheep herders are now no more. We won't be seeing them. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say ever again because they may come back um, in like 84 or something before they go to Mid-South. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say we're never going to see them again. But as of at the minute, we're never, the, we won't be seeing the sheep builders, um for a while. I'm going to say that because I'm not entirely sure. I think they may come back. I don't know. But yeah, the sheepherders are gone, so now we're going to be focusing more on the Moon Dogs. Jimmy Hunt's now taking the bone, the bones away from. I think we think we found out this is Rex and Spot. One of them is Larry Latham. So Carl Fergie starts for his team. Blue tight white boots, and we've got uh, Moon Dog in black singlet, denim bottoms, black boots. Moondog here beating up Carfog. He whips him corner to corner. Excuse me. Joe Calhoun is always as our referee. Oh, big slam there by the Moondog tags and his partner. Again wearing the black singlet, denim bottoms, black boots. Clobbering away on Carl Fergie. Now biting and choking away on Fergie. Full house here as always. We've got the black uh, curtain going around the studio. Carl getting cheered and also getting slammed oh and then a knee dropped across the face of Mr Fergie green ropes here this week with a nice blue canvas oh headbutt by the Moondog following the tag Carl Fergie nearly getting the tag with his partner we have not seen before on Craig Carson Carl Fergie trying to fight out this corner but he's uh, oh thump of the eye whoop, 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 whoop. Tag to the other Moondog. Timmy Hart outside. In a nice white suit. He's also got a whistle. That's obviously how he communicates with the uh, the dogs. Irish whip now by the dogs on Fergie. Oh, no. Carl Fergie stopped. Tags in Craig Carson. Craig Carson in blue trunks, blue boots. Nice yellow knee pads. Clobbering away on uh, the Moondog, but he uh, just gets clobbered down. One shot by the Moondog. Moondog then picks him up. Big power slam there. This large moon dog. Picks him back up. Puts him against the ropes. Irish whipping. Big clothesline by the moon dog. Tags in his partner. Moon dog now in. Picks up Carson. Irish whip. Oh, big high knee there by the moon dog. Second rope goes to the second rope and fist drop. 
Moondog picks him back up again. Tags in his partner. He comes in with a knee of the gut. The Moondogs, Lance and Dave are putting the Moondogs over strong. International tag champions, international roughnecks as these men, these men are being uh, monarched, monarched, monarched. Carson in the wrong part of town now, getting choked by uh, and clobbered by the other Moondog. Tag now, the referee did Calhoun see it? I don't know. I don't think Calhoun saw it. He saw it then. Backbreaker by one Moondog, the other Moondog goes up to the second rope and Moondog decapitation! Craig Carson down and one, two, three. Your winners, the Moondogs. Three minutes, one second, 3.01, Moondogs all the way. And I gotta tell you, all the way is right. And after uh, the announcement by Hart that they do have a championship match coming up with the fabulous ones, uh, they show you why that they have been able to earn not only the reputation that they have of being roughnecks, but also the very fact that they have won so many titles in so many different places. So the Moondogs do it. 301. Three minutes and one second. The victory over the team of Carl Fergie and Craig Carson. We're going to take time. I will be back with more action in just a moment. Pensacola, Florida, Rick Martin, Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express. One fall, 15-minute time limit. Jerry Calhoun is the referee. All righty. We are back. The Destroyer is going to be against Rock and Roll, or Ricky and Robert. Crowd 11 to uh, Express, as you can imagine. Destroyer's uh, black mask, black singlet, black boots. Going up against Rookie Morton. Uh, he's got maroon tights, white boots. Still not quite a mullet. Ambar, drag, but tags in Morton. Tags in Gibson. He's got gold trunks on, white boots. They haven't quite found their... They've got their um, sort of the, the bandanas and stuff on yet, but they haven't found their matching styles yet. But they're looking impressive. The Rock and Roll Express. Destroyer pushes Gibson at the corner, tags in his partner. Back single, black boots, black mask. And the Destroyer is arm dragged down and barred. And then Morton's tagged back in. Right end of the gut. Arm bar now by Ricky. Ricky had him barred at the oh. shoulder, but he let loose and fired up with that forearm. Tags back into Gibson. Nice fast-paced tag action here, as you'd expect with the Rock and Roll Express. They are only a couple of weeks old here, but they are impressing the wrestling world already. To count after a uh, small package by Robert Gibson. Morton comes in, 
illegally, doesn't tag, and Joe Callahan does nothing about it. <laughs> the destroyer tags in his partner. <laughs> <laughs> Blatantly just did nothing about it. Arm bar top now. Armbar by Ricky. Tags in <coughs> Robert. Go behind for Nelson. Oh, cheap shot there by uh, Ricky as he exits the ring. Two count. I've asked the question a few times. I always thought that the Rock and Rock Express had Rock and Roll as King. Uh, I think it is ELO or something like that um, as entrance music. I had no idea that they used KISS. I've tried to um, find out from Ricky Morton on Twitter, but he has not replied. So I've tried Cornette to see if he knows, because I just thought they used Rock and Roll as King. I, I know they did in Mid-South, so whether or not that's when they changed, I don't know. But we shall find out, and we shall endeavour to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if I get an answer. From uh, Mr. Uh, James E. Rock and Roll still working over the arm now with the Destroyer. They've got him hammerlocked, they're dropping knees across it, they're constantly tagging in and out. Nice to see a, uh, there's, there's a few older ladies in the crowd today. There's not so many screaming girls. There's a few, uh, few older ladies sitting in the front row. Arm bar by uh, Ricky again. Destroyer's trying to get that hair, trying to break the hole. Luckily, yeah, Ricky's not got that uh, mullet, otherwise I think that would have uh, he would have had a destroyer would have had a, a bit more of an advantage. Irish whip by Ricky, double drop kick now by the rock and roll. One, two, three. And your winners, the Rock and Roll Express. It's a Rock and Roll Express with a double drop kick gets the win. Crowd kind of getting behind these young fellas, Ricky and Robert. Really excited about the win and every win, and they've got a bunch of them since they started wrestling together. Delighted to see the Rock and Roll Express going at it. Destroyers lose it. Here comes the head of the dynasty. I came out here last week manner. and I said I want you to show a film match we had with the Rock and Roll Express and after the last match we had with them I especially wanted to see it I came down here early today and I said get that film all queued up and ready to go and they said what film we don't have a film they were so embarrassed to show what we did to them that they don't even have a film oh. of it that's what happened they came back there in that dressing room before that match and they got all primped and primed up and they used the blow dryer to fluff up their hair and everything and they strolled to the ring and they kissed their little girls and for all their trouble they got left laying in the middle of the ring in various stages of decomposition with the old women screaming and the young girls crying. That's what happened. So now I went back to the promotion I said I want one more match because I know in one more match we can get rid of them once and for all. And they said, no way, we don't want any part of you. And I said, that's understandable, but I still want the match. And they said, no, you're going to have to put up something. I said, fine. I got plenty of money. I'll put up any amount of money you want. That's right, I do. And they said, no way, not even for money. We want some pride back. We want to take out our anger and vent our frustration. We want to put these men's mask up. That's the only thing that they would take to get a return match. So I said, fine, if that's the way it has to be, that's the way it's going to be, because I'm so confident that they can win that match that I'll do anything. Because we are going to derail the Rock and Roll Express once and for all. I don't even call them the Rock and Roll Express. You know what I call them? The Valley Girls. Muffy and Sissy. And what we're going to do to them in that ring is going to be like Garode to the max. Dig it? Because they are the Galaxians. Their mission is to destroy opponents.
Okay, well, we have never denied the fact they're a very good and able team. It'll Don't be deny it, then. To see. I didn't deny it. I never have, Jim. We'll be interested to see with their mask at stakes when that bout comes Don't up. Don't worry. You won't see anything other than what you see right now. You can have your show back now, Lance. Okay, thank you, Jimmy. Well, that's one nice thing about doing an interview with Cornette. It's such a relief when it's all over with, I'll tell you for a fact. Relief! Man, we're looking not for relief from excitement, but for some more of it. Let's take a look at the fabulous one. Be a week here at Memphis Continental Western Castle like a fabulous one's music video. It's another music, it's a, a music video we've seen before, and it's another song. It's the one with them in um, in the jacuzzi and stuff, and just standing in a hay barn. I would have thought probably on Jerry Jarrett's ranch, but uh, I may be wrong. But they're in their uh, top hats and they're in the jacuzzis and they're drinking some fine wine, if you will, baby. But while they're doing this, it just gives me a chance to uh, hype everything. Just uh, if you can, and if you haven't, please subscribe to us if you're listening. So you can either subscribe on the free feed, or you can subscribe on the Place to Be Wrestling Network. Either which way, it would be much appreciated. And also follow us on Twitter, MemphisCast, where you can find news and updates, as well as everything I retweet on there from other great Twitter uh, wrestling history uh, contributors such as uh, Alan, uh, Alan underscore Cheapshot, um, Chris Zellner, John Boucher, Al Getz, Crispy Lettuce, uh, OVP, Book in the Territory, uh, you name it, I retweet it, so, uh, or Vintage Pure or so, all those guys as well. But yeah, if you follow us on Twitter, you'll be able to get news and updates on this show and our other show, the Monday Night Project, where we have just entered... Uh, 1994 coming up this Monday will be the very first Raw episode from 1994 and then in a few weeks we're going to be covering uh, the Royal Rumble so hopefully you are listening over there as well as you do here each each download and each uh, share and everything that you do is very much appreciated, spreads the word, spreads the love of the show, we're doing our best each and every week to keep the memory of Memphis alive Maybe an English guy, but I'm a wrestling fan at heart, and I thoroughly enjoy doing the Memphis Territory. So we've now gone to break, and we will be back in a short while. We've, I think the fabulous ones will be in the ring, and here they come. The older ladies that were in the crowd are loving the fabulous ones. They don't look actually that old. They don't look that much older, really. They looked a bit old from the far distance. I guess they're in their um, middle twenties. They look from the the distance on the other side of the ring. They looked a little bit older, but uh, they're loving it. There's some younger ladies here as well. Love and Steve and Stan. I'm sure they did uh, 
uh, after the show as well. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? I think you do. Dan is just visibly kissing like girls on the lips. Like there's no like he's not kissing them. He's visibly kissing them, kissing these like these uh, girls on the lips. <laughs> Couldn't do that in 2023, brother. In just a moment. Well, it's that old story of uh, him that's got, they come after him. And by golly, hey, you got another one going yeah. after you in the moon dog. We've heard a lot about these guys, but you know, I'm a little confused, Lance. You know, I owned a lot of pets when I was a kid. I owned all kinds of dogs and cats and whatever, but I, you know, I'm a little confused. What's a moon dog? Well, Steve and I, we weren't quite sure, so we called the American Kennel Club and asked them. They said, a moon dog is a cross between a mongrel and a mutt. So that kind of sums him up, you know. I've always, I've always heard that it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, right, Lance? But you know what? When those guys get in the ring with the fabulous ones, we're going to teach them some new tricks. We're going to teach them how to beg and how to roll over and play dead, baby dog. Because if you get in the ring with the fabulous ones, you're coming after our belts, our prestige, and we don't like that, brother. So you guys go to New York, the big massive square garden, the Omni, go to all the big shots, but you're playing in our backyard now, brother. And when you're in our backyard, we got the bones. So bring it on, moon dogs. We are ready for you. Woo! Looking forward to that one, Stan and Steve, when they take on the Moon Dogs for those Southern Tag belts. All right, yeah. Somebody said we need to bring some cow can and some kibbles and bits and throw it in a ring and let them eat that, huh? Okay, let's get ready to go here. We've got the uh, fabulous ones going in about coming up in just a moment as Stan was figuring on a really easy time, taking off that coat. He's getting ready right now. Here we are. The fabulous ones. Dave, how about the introduction? One fall, 15-minute time limit match at 436 pounds. Total weight from Memphis, Pat Hutchinson, and from Parts Unknown, the Inferno. And going against him from Florida at a total weight of 443 pounds, Steve Kern, Stanley, the fabulous one. One fall, 15, Jerry Calhoun. We've got Pat Referee, Hutchinson Steve and Inferno going to be against Stan and Steve, the fabulous ones. Steve's fan for his team, black tights, white boots, going up against Patterson, black tights, black boots, going over top by Steve, pushing into the corner. And what's going on here? Moon, moon dogs. Oh no, good lord, the moon dogs have just ripped up Steven Steve Stan's coats. Fabulous ones now go outside and they attack the moon dogs. Moon dogs have got their bones though. They, oh my god. Stan just taking that bone to the head. Jimmy Hart's in the camera, shouting at the camera. Holy moly, they ripped up the coats of the fabulous ones. Now they're getting absolutely... Oh! Bones to their heads. Oh, good lord. Moondogs are absolutely annihilating the fabulous ones. Bone to the back of the head of Steve. Bone to the forehead of Stan. Holy moly, I think Stan might be bleeding. If he ain't, he will be in a second. Oh! Moondog measuring Steve with that bone. Jerry Calhoun's trying to break it up, but he ain't going to be uh, doing anything to this. Them shiny gold coats have been ripped apart. 
Oh, Stan's bleeding. Steve, the fabulous ones have been left bleeding. Holy moly. Bobby Fulton's trying to stop this. There's a few other guys, but the Moondogs have got them big old bones. Oh. Absolute chaos here. The Moondogs have come in. They came in last week and they have now caused chaos. They have destroyed the fabulous one. Steve is bleeding a gusher. Holy shit. He's got blood dripping down his face. He's got blood on his arms. He's sitting there absolutely blood on the floor. Everything. Holy shit. Steve looks like he's been in some sort of fucking death match here. Holy moly. Rock and Roll Express are now coming down. Jerry Lawler. Jesus Christ. Stan's bleeding a bit, but Steve's just like bleeding. Look, he's been in a war with fucking Matt Mampondo or something. Holy shit. Hart and the Moondogs came out here and started tearing up those beautiful coats of the fabulous ones and of course Stan and Steve took right off after them and the Moondogs greeted them with those big dinosaur bones banging them in the head and knocking them around Stan up and walking there helping Steve up now he's lost a good bit of blood where he was banged open two or three times so the bout is going to be concluded and stopped by the referee nothing else Tell you what, we'll take time out and we'll be back with more of our championship wrestling coming up in just a moment. And we will be back after these messages. Please enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Mike from Booking the Territory, the unprofessional, classic Southern wrestling podcast. And you are listening to the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast with Luke Jennings. Promotional consideration paid for by the following... You're gonna make it on the road by yourself. I'm gonna try. Hey, we Way down yonder in the back. Richard Thomas is the son trapped in the shadow of his father's legend. Thank you very much. Can he become his own man? My home is a tour bus in a motel room. Anything else might happen to go along with it. And what will be the price? Don't you ever touch me again. Gotta keep the sacred legend of Hank Williams alive. Can't let my daddy die again. Based on Hank Jr.'s best-selling autobiography about his real-life struggle. You're messing up your life, boy. I know you've been drinking, you've been popping. The Wild Times. The accident that almost kills him. And the girl who inspires him and gives him the courage to find his own identity. What are you afraid of? Falling on my butt. And now, the world premiere of Living Proof, the Hank Williams Jr. story. Great cake, hon. I had to have seconds. <laughs> you had thirds, but who's counting? Here's another dish. The dishes are done, and so are the pans. But Dawn can handle that. You're going to wash this after greasy pans? <laughs> no, you are, with Dawn. Hey, nothing feels greasy. The water, my hands, nothing. And my plate looks as good as the first. No kidding. Dawn did some job on the chocolate cake. <laughs> so did you. Dawn takes grease out of your way. Remember last year when the 24-hour bug made a house call? You were prepared. You gave everybody Pepto-Bismol. It coated, soothed, relieved the nausea and cramps, and especially the diarrhea. Pepto-Bismol was quite a relief to everybody last year. Well, that bug is in the air again this year. Are you prepared? 
secure, confident feeling. Because each Sure gives you enough protection to help feel dry all day. Confident, confident, dry and secure. Raise your hand, raise your hand if you're sure. Mate, can I ask you a question first of all? Go right ahead. You know the definition of a windjammer? No, I really don't. It's now. the agonizing screams of a trapped turd. Have you heard of the man, Grace? Yes, I have. You have? Yeah. Do you have a father? Mangrate is the perfect gift for this Father's Day. Is he alive? Yeah. Yeah. 100% made in America. If he was dead, it would have been a really bad moment in the commercial. <laughs> Your dad's alive? No. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry about your dad. That's fine. Your father's dead. Is your mom still alive? My mom? Yeah. No, she's dead. Jesus Christ, is any of your relatives fucking alive? It's man-grace. <laughs> they are revolutionizing the way people grill. What, Adam Egan? Is it true? You haven't heard of the revolution? You can put chicken on this or steak? That's not that unique. <laughs> it weighs a lot of pounds. <laughs> is that heavy? Again. 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 No more flare-ups. You know, you know, in your barbecue, it's always been flare-ups. Why are you laughing? You're making a mockery out of the man grade. Chicken steak has never tasted so good. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, <laughs> again. This commercial is like a miniseries. Hey, this is Joe Murata from Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. But now, live from the studios of the Old Bakery, this is the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast, and here's your host, Luke Jennings. The kind of... Uh situation that took place out here. Boy, they know how to use those bones. They be Let me tell you something, Lance. Jimmy Hart, you're a dead man. Let me tell you something. You see these coats? You see these coats? Let me tell you something, Hart. You brought them moon dogs in here, and you better make sure they're tough, and you better make sure they're bad, because they just come out here and ripped up part of a living legend in this area. Jackie Fargo gave us these coats, and we swore to Jackie Fargo that nothing would happen to these coats. We were going to protect these coats with everything we got. Well, you better make sure those moon dogs are as tough as you say, Hart, because they're going to be climbing in the ring with us every opportunity we get, and we're going to take them damn bones away. If you're trying to piss us off, Hart, Steve Kern and Stan Lane, we apologize for the unfortunate comments uh, made during that. I can understand why they are, in fact, in the um, kind of state of mind. Steve, you obviously saw in there, was banged around pretty substantially uh, from the bones of the moon dogs, and they... <laughs> They really did a number on them out here, but uh, again, our apologies um, for that. Uh, 
Okay, I'll tell you what we'll do right now. One of the problems with live television, but it is exciting sometimes. You better believe that. Right now, what we're going to try to do is to, um, well, we'll, the king is not there. I'll tell you what, I want to, uh, with a match coming up with the AWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Bockwinkle, let's right now take a listen to hear what Nick has to say about the upcoming bout with Jerry the King Lawler. Nick Bockwinkle. Jerry Lawler, in the past year, you have done the very best you can to make a name for yourself in the world of wrestling. You've gone through the Southern Heavyweight Championship. The International Championship now seems to be in your hands, and it has taken and given you the opportunity to meet me in the ring one more time for the World's Heavyweight Championship. I want to say this plain and simple to all the people in all this land. I am sick and tired of you going to the south and the opportunities that you have been given. Now the last time, just because your secretary didn't have the moxie to put down 3 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. on the contract, I arrived at the arena at 6 in the evening and all the people there knew and saw that I did arrive. I don't need to run from you. Now I will admit, I will give you credit for something, and that is that as a brawler, as somebody who can throw those dukes, you're very, very good. But the sad and pathetic thing is the name of the game is wrestling. And for one last and final time, I'm going to come into your country. So you don't come out to California too often. It's kind of hard to get you away from all those cretinous humanoids who cheer you on. You feel comfortable as long as your fans are cheering you. But I have the guts to come into your country. And when we step into this ring once more, I want you to know I intend that when it's over with, I will never have to see you again, hear your name again, and you will be nothing but a memory, not a found one, because I am going to put an end to you constantly taking and telling the whole world that you're supposed to be the heavyweight champion of the world and claiming it. There'll be no doubt in anyone's mind, and all your simple fans will have to hang their head in shame, shut their mouth like you. Beverly Hills champion, Nick Bockwinkle. I just have to say, um, as I was a, um, I've been a fan since 1990, uh, four years old. I watched my first wrestling event, uh, for Survivor Series 1990, like a couple of days after it was taped. <clears throat> and I've seen a multitude of people. I've I've seen. I used to catch Nick Bockwinkle stuff when I was younger. Couldn't stand him. Couldn't stand his promos. Couldn't stand his work. I was very much the same with Adrian Adonis um, when I saw like WrestleMania when I saw WrestleMania three when I was like five or six on videotape. Uh, obviously the build up to I was a I was a big Roddy Piper fan growing up. But I couldn't stand Adrian Adonis. I just thought he looked crap. He's, he's just whatever. But now you watch Adrian Adonis and he is a fucking bumping machine. You watch some of the clips. Even before even before he was big, um, he was a bumping machine. And then in Japan, I've seen matches with him in Japan. And then when he got bigger, it didn't stop. He was just a fucking bumping machine, putting everybody over with his, just his moves and everything. And then Nick Bunkley was the same. I, I'm... Through watching, through doing this, I've seen a lot more Nick Bockwinkle. So I've, I've sort of, I can't, I go and watch some sort of AWA occasionally and stuff like that. <clears throat> and you'd watch him, and he's an absolute artist in the ring. Very, he's got a very similar style in the ring to Harley Race. Just that sort of, he can 
do your suplexes and all that kind of wrestling stuff. But then when he starts bumping and stuff, he makes the other guy look a million dollars. Um, and I'm a, I'm a huge, not a huge fan of Nick Buckle, but I now realise his um, greatness, if you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on Nick Buckwinkle. <laughs> Talking about the upcoming match with Jerry, the match with Jerry, the King Lawler. And uh, I think for any of those who have seen a past match between Bockwinkle and Lawler, they know the kind of action that they can expect. Here he is, the king. Well, Bockwinkle has got it all uh, in his confidence again as he finds that subtle way and not so subtle to put you down every chance he gets. Well, you know, Bockwinkle seems to think that I'm not much of a wrestler. I understand that he doesn't think much of my wrestling abilities. But the thing that doesn't really matter is the fact that... Uh, when I pin his shoulders and that referee counts one, two, three, it's not going to matter whether I used a Greco-Roman suplex or whether I used this fist right here to punch his lights out. So whether the name of the game is wrestling, brother, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is the bottom line, and that's who wears that big diamond-studded AWA World Heavyweight Championship belt out of the ring. Not into it, but out of it, brother. And that's all that's going to matter down there Monday night. Because you see Bockwinkle last time... now. I know a lot of the people may be saying, well, he's not exactly telling the truth, but I do, and you know also for a fact, Lance, that he was in Memphis. He did show up. He yeah. did show up. He was late. Now, I don't know if that was a little ploy of his, saying that he didn't know exactly what time. We never did get the contract dispute settled, whether he knew exactly what time he was supposed to be here or not, but he was in Memphis, in fact. But I can tell you this, Bockwinkle. The matches start at 8 o'clock, brother, and I want you there right on time because I'm going to be there. And when that bell rings, I'm going to be standing in the middle of that ring looking you right in the eye. And I want you to have that belt when you walk in there because when it's over, I'm going to leave you laying flat on your back. And I'm going to have that belt. And I'm going to be the world heavyweight champion. And it's not going to be hard to get me to come to California or anywhere that you are, Bockwinkle, because I'm going to be a champion that the people can be proud of, not one that they have to hang their head in shame of like a jerk like Nick Bockwinkle. After Monday night, it's going to be all over. And as I said, it's not going to matter whether I win it with a wrestling hold or whether I win it with this right here, Lance. Okay, Jerry, good luck to you. Jerry is more confident today than any time that I've ever seen him about Bockwinkle. He is absolutely certain that he has Bockwinkle's number. He did the last time they were supposed to meet when the unfortunate circumstance of uh, the time element came about. They will be meeting. I can tell you that without an exception, every, every step has been taken to be sure that Bockwinkle is here on time Monday night, and it'll be going down there. Lawler, of course, a legend in his own time. We thought you might be interested in some past footage of Jerry the King. Just a nice video package of Jerry Lawler. Oh, I don't know what this is. You see him coming up through the stage of the Coliseum. I like to go in mad. I recognise the music, but I don't know who it is. Seen him against uh, various matches against Bockwinkle. Uh, he is continuing his feud with Bockwinkle for the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. He's won it, kind of, in, in uh, devious ways, and then he sort of lost it, and then he's won't actually win the AWA World Title properly till 1988 when he defeats Kurt Henning. We will get to that. Uh, we're uh, a good five years away, so, so we are uh, um, 
um, as, as long as you guys want to listen, I will continue to do this. So we're going to be working our way through Memphis and then eventually through USWA, hopefully. I wish I guess quite a few years away, so we'll see what happens. More uh, Jerry Lawler entrances, more matches in him against him and Bockwinkle. Right. Oh, I cross pointed there by the king. One, two, kick out by Bockwinkle. Big grand. That's selling again, like I said, by Bockwinkle. Making Lawler look absolutely amazing. Oh. Very Harley Race esque bumps there by Bockwinkle. Scurries out the ring there. Trying to stick the king. Okay, we're about ready to go with action in the ring. The Bruce Brothers going against Robert Reed and King Cobra. You may hear you may hear some differences in the quality and audio. It keeps changing. It's the video. It's not me. It's the uh, the quality. I think it's a. It goes from decent quality to. It goes from okay quality to sort of decent quality. But that's not the podcast, it's the video. We're going to take time out to get out here and listen to another harangue, I am sure, by Jimmy Hart. Come on, Jimmy. Let's get it over here and get it on with. you got things to say. Okay. You know, we are bad and big now, aren't we, Russell? Yeah, Come on, man. I Tell me who's bad now, baby. You know, you ain't seen nothing yet. You know, come here, come here, Mad Dog. Come here, please. Can you help Mad Dog over here a little bit? Come on, Mad Dog over here. You know, it breaks my heart to look at this man on these crutches like this from what Lawler and Coco wear, or Stagger Lee is what you call him, try to do this man. They deliberately hurt this man, and what hurt more was to see Eddie Moore in the back of the Coliseum grinning from ear to ear. Oh, well, right, baby, right, nobody's right. going to be grinning anymore, baby, because like I said, the family, we don't get mad, we get even. But now right. you have made Jimmy Hart mad, and what you saw a while ago, baby, ain't nothing what you're fixing to see. You know, they tried to get a giant to get rid of Jimmy Hart. They brought in Andre the Giant to try to hurt me, but I tricked you, baby. You didn't get the job done, but I've got my own giant right now. Can you get the camera on this man right over here? I want you to start at, start at the bottom of his feet down there. Come on. take a, come on. Can you get it down, this man, and go right on up? Look at this. Plowboy Frazier, for those who don't know Plowboy Frazier, but his new name is John Frazier, baby. That's Seven right. feet tall, 
380 pounds. But from now on, baby, he's going to do Jimmy Hart's dirty work. Come and see your crank cut here, baby. Come here, look at this. Frazier, come here. I want you to make me a promise, baby. I want you to promise me that Lawler or Coco Ware or anybody I want is going to wind up on crutches for what they did to Mad Dog and what they've been trying to do to my family. Do you understand me, Frazier? And I'll tell you what I've done for you, Frazier. You know, I went out and I got a little gift, and I don't want to tell the people out there how much it costs because it costs a lot of money. But can you show this right here, baby? I want you to look at this right here. Seven diamonds in this. 24 karat gold. And like I said, it costs some money. But I'm going to give you this, Frazier. I'm going to give you this. You know why? Because I love you, big man. And along with it, a little $800 little gold chain to go with this, Frazier. But I want some action, I baby. Love I love you, baby. All right. But let me tell you something, baby. The new family, you know... It's going to be bigger and better. And I just showed an example of it a while ago. But right now, Lawler and Coco, they think they got rid of my bruised brothers. But they are wrong, aren't they, Lance Russell? They are wrong because nobody gets rid of the bruised brothers. So right now, without any further ado, you people over there, wake up if you can. Because I wanted you to meet my new and improved bruised brothers. Come on in here, Jake and Elwood. Come on, baby. Nobody gets rid of the family. Come on, baby. Woo, look at them. They are big and they are bad, baby. Rough and tough. Look at it, Russell. The bruised Mad Dog is out. Dream Machine is in. Okay, Jimmy Hart, the new Bruce Brothers. Mad Dog having had his big messed up in a match with uh, Also got uh, Giant L, Giant Plowboy Frazier is here as well. Giant Frazier, Plowboy Frazier is here as well as part of the Jimmy Hart family. Cobra, right, Dave, let's have the official introduction. All right, it's a one fall, 15 minute time limit match, total weight 445 pounds. From Memphis, Robert Reed and the King Cobra. Going against them, total of 452 pounds from the Windy City. With their manager, Jimmy Hart, the Bruise Brothers. This is going to be one fall, 15 minute time limit. Jerry Calhoun is the referee. Bell time and off and run on the Bruce Brothers. So here, uh, Robert Reed, Blue Trunks, Black Boots, Dream Machine, Black Trousers, Black Boots. They haven't yet said he's the Dream Machine. They haven't, because he was obviously Dream Machine. Then he became part of the New York Dolls, and now he's part of the Bruce Brothers. So, uh, yeah, he's continuing his journey through Memphis. Porkchop Cash now in, Denim Trousers. Black boots. Oh, big back elbow on Robert Reed. Big right hand by Cash. They're coming out to the Bruise. I think that's that music is from the Blues Brothers. I think. Double team now by the Bruise Brothers on Robert Reed. Irish whip now by Machine. Oh, big clothesline. Drops the leg but misses totally. Irish whip now by Dream Machine again on Reed. Catches him. Holds him up and slams him down. Takes him, pork chop Cash. Cash now in, second rope on the inside. Oh, drops in here across Robert Reed. One, two, three. Your winners, the Bruise Brothers. Didn't even see King Cobra. But King Cobra was there. He was wearing a. Uh, 
yellow and green trunks, white boots, if anyone cares. But your winners, <laughs> the brand new Bruce Brothers. Diamond, it was a minute, 21 seconds, 121. King Cobra never made an official appearance in the ring. Bruce Brothers, Jimmy Hart, and the other Bruce Brother, Mad Dog, on the crutches with the injured leg. Bruce Brothers get the win. Time on it again was 1 minute, 21 seconds, 121. They kept Robert Reed in there all the way, and the Bruce Brothers get the win. Yo, and we got something else, too, my friend. A guy that uh, really excites a lot of people when he's in action. Stagger Lee. Let's take a look at this. Standing on the corner when I heard my bulldog bark. Another uh, staggerly video, music video. We had this one last week. We've had it for a couple of weeks now, even though he's only been technically staggerly, he's only been in the territory for a couple of weeks. We've managed to uh, get a music video. It's basically him drop kicking uh, Kendori, uh, Kenya Kondori, but uh, staggerly is here. Staggerly is having fun and he's. For a little while, I think but it's definitely. I think it's definitely a rip off the uh, junkyard dog staggerly angle from the mid south a couple of years earlier. Staggerly's here. Staggerly's here till August. So yeah, the end of August he's here till. And then uh, things don't change; they stay the same. Staggers now coming out of the crowd, dancing around. Mid America title wearing uh, white trousers, white shirt, white mask, white gloves. Very happy with himself here is Mr. Lee. Juking and a jiving. I want to say one thing, Jimmy Hart, I'm going to keep on, and I'm going to keep on taking a thousand dollars, right? Yeah! Because, you know, he's got the biggest man in here. You know, he got John Frazier. You know, John Frazier's a big dummy anyway, big old fat hog. But I'll tell you what, Frazier, I don't care how big you are or how wild you are. I guarantee you going down when we get in that ring, brother. Because, Jimmy Hart, I'm going through your bruise, brothers. And I'm, until I get through with you, Jimmy Hart, until I get my hands on you, and then I'm going to show you what Staggerly is made of. Because you know what, Lance? 
I'm going to say one thing, and then I'm going to get out of here. Sweet Brown Sugar told me to tell you and everybody over here, hello. He just going to all these matches, just see Staggerly getting down. All right. He's got that mask and the belt on the line coming up, and we'll be interested in seeing him. You betcha. Staggerly, we're going to take time out. Don't forget, we still got a big midget match coming up later on today, and we'll be back in just a moment. Superstar. He's decked out in pretty good shape here himself, Billy. You know, Lancer, everybody strives all their life to have greatness, and some people are just born great. Now, I think I come in the latter category. I think I was just born great. Now, they come out here and they're playing music and they're jumping around and they're doing this and they're doing that. But when you're as great as I am, you don't need no music, brother. You make your own music. Now, because when the music stops, that's the most exciting thing that goes on with most of them, just the music, brother. But I make my own music, Daddy. Now, I told you, Terrence, I would beat you the first time I wrestled you. I told you you was a paper champion, son. Now, he has a, a college education. He's got a piece of paper that says he's smart. Well, you ain't too smart, Daddy. You wouldn't be coming back for the third time. Now, he's running around saying that I cheated a little bit. Well... The name of the game's winning, son, and I've been in the back seat too long. Now, I don't need you all clapping. I know how good I am, so just shut your mouth, sit over there, and shut up, and just look how pretty this guy is now. And I don't need you four eyes neither. Now, nobody went on Billy Dundee's bandwagon a month or so ago when he wasn't the Southern champion. But now he walks down the street and says, hey, Bill Dundee, you're the Southern champion. You all want to get on my little red wagon? Well, you can all get off, Daddy, because I'm pushing the wagon all by myself. See this belt? I won it all by myself. I didn't need nobody's help to win it. So... From now on, when you talk to me, folks, you call me Mr. Dundee or just shut your mouth because I ain't going to talk back to you. Now, Terry Taylor, I've gave you two weeks in a row a wrestling lesson. This week, I'm going to beat your brains out. When Steve Curran was laying down here like a stuck pig bleeding, that's what you're going to look like, Daddy. That was the prettiest thing i seen today, him laying down there bleeding all over the place. Now, you think you're pretty, Terry Taylor? Well, you better take a picture of your face, Jack. Send it to your mama because when I get done with you, brother, I'm going to beat your brains out because you don't know and you don't have what it takes to take this belt. Now, anybody wants a shot at it, just go talk to old Bugs Bunny Eddie Marlin and I'll sign any contract with anybody, Jack, because like I said last week, I will be the Southern heavyweight champion until a better wrestler comes down the pike and it ain't here, brother. It ain't in this studio. It ain't next door. It ain't no place. You're looking at the Southern heavyweight champion for a long time. Now, that's a, I just, like I done told you, shut up. Now, Oh, yeah. You want to be on my bandwagon. You want to back a winner. Well, I didn't need you then. I don't need you now. Like I said, I won this belt all by myself. Now, Terry Taylor, the smartest thing you could do is to come right on out here and call the match off. Because I promise you, and I promise all you rednecks out there, that Terry Taylor will look like Steve Curran did today, Monday night. Because, Taylor, I'm going to beat your brains out, son. Okay, Billy. Well, there will be two referees. I might remind you and all of the people for the bout with Taylor at Terry's request, and so the rules will be a little bit more stringently enforced. Hey, I never cheated. Did he say I cheated? Well, I never did nothing wrong. All I did was wrestle him. Two weeks in a row, paper champion, you got your wrestling lesson. This week, you're going to get your brains beat out, and if you don't believe me, just climb in the ring at bell time, and I'm going to beat your brains out. Thank okay, you. Billy. <laughs> 
the superstar, Bill Dundee, who holds that Southern heavyweight title right now. We got plenty of action coming around the territory. Let's go over to Dave and pick up on some of it. David, standing right I think here Bill Dundee is uh, on the turn. His attitude has definitely changed in the last couple of weeks. Since uh, he has been in the, the area, coming up this Monday night, he'll have a return shot at the Southern Heavyweight title with two referees. And um, Terry, I know it is a tough row. Bill Dundee has a lot of experience, and he can get mean when he wants to. I heard the comments of Bill Dundee, and it's hard to believe that those words are coming out of his mouth. You know, I, I must be stupid to think that Bill Dundee is my friend. I mean, the first time, that low blow, it could have been an accident either way. But last week, I think anybody that saw the match knows that that's not the same Bill Dundee. I don't know what's going on. If Bill's thinking that um, maybe he's lost a step or something or that he has something to prove, like Jerry Lawler said, um, I, it, it just, it's hard for me to believe, but I, I have to believe it. Bill's throwing it right in my face. There's nothing I can do about it. Bill Dundee is, is, a, is a different man, and I, I've tried to give him every chance I possibly could, and I think you have a tape to show yeah. why, why I asked for two you referees. Let's take a look at it right now, because I want to, for a lot of folks who weren't out there, I'd like for you to see the action. Terry Taylor and Taylor Bill Dundee. caught by Bill with a side headlock. This is from last week. Let's have a sample. Randy Hale's on the call again. Obviously, we saw the last week down, the Bill. match that they've had in the Coliseum where um, Terry Taylor went up for a uh, leapfrog that Bill Dundee sort of caught him in the goonies with his head. This is just a match for 28 minutes of Coliseum. Also, we saw Joe Lawler defeating Bobby Eaton. Stagger Lee defeated Pop Chuck Cash. Chief Lone Eagle defeated Tiny Tom. Robin Wallace defeated Mark Galaxians. Moondog defeated Bobby Fulton and Carl Fergie. Duke Morris defeated King Cobra. And the Fabs, Steve O, and Dutch beat the Seat Coders. Adrian Street and Jesse Bannon. So, Dundee uh, is definitely on the. Uh, he's had an attitude change the last the couple of weeks. The crowd's close to me, hollering for Terry Taylor. And Dundee comes out, Taylor being distracted, looking at the referee. Dundee came out. Dundee came out of the corner with a big forearm smash as Terry Taylor was uh, distracted by Calhoun. Taylor comes back. Taylor now coming back. Oh. Irish hit by Taylor, drops down, big back voyage up on Dundee. Taylor goes in to capitalise. Picks up Dundee, Irish whips him again off the ropes. Oh, Taylor came off the ropes as well with a big forearm smash. One, two, foot on the ropes. Big right hand by Terry. Not sure why Randy's on the call here. Nice to hear. Nice to see him that he's here this early. Going to Lancers. Perhaps Lancers having a week off. Go behind by Taylor. Rolls up. One, two. No. Tight pull, tight pull. Dundee's got the tights. Dundee's got everything. It's holy shit. Little black dot had to come out to uh, cover Taylor's dignity there. Bill Dundee is your winner. Very dubious. Dubious uh, decision. Uh, I think maybe a lot of people were wondering why I am that it's at the point, you know, they had the little 
spot in there to cover up the situation. I don't that's think because, it was. That's because Bill uncovered me. Bill had my tights so far up I couldn't move. I was sitting barely on my shoulders. Well, Bill, you're going to win matches like that. I mean, if you got to win a match like that, you can call me a paper champion. I don't know where you're coming from. So this time there's going to be two referees. I like to consider myself a wrestler. So I went into these other two matches thinking you were my friend and we were going to wrestle. Well, from now on, no more Bill Dundee. You're going to throw punches and kick me and pull my tights. This time it's going to be a fight from go to woe, and I'm going to be on top of you from start to finish. Okay. Thank you, Lynn. Terry, it'll be interesting to see. I can tell you this. You get in there with Billy when he is right. You better get ready to get rough because he can show do it. You'll want to see it. Taylor and Dundee, and they'll be going for... So we've got Duke Myers and the Ace of Spades here going against Bobby Fulton and I'm not entirely sure. Bobby Fulton starts up for his team, Green Trunks Black Boots. Ace of Spades has got a black and white mask, black singlet back boots. I have found out that the Ace of Spades is one Tommy Gilbert. Father of Eddie and Doug, veteran wrestler. Duke Myers, who is now coming in, is a... Uh, is a He's from Portland, Oregon. He's a star of Stampede Wrestling. Black singlet, black boots. Swing a neck breaker on Bobby Fulton. Oh, big knee lift there by Duke. Jimmy Cornett is their referee. He's been to California. He's been to the Midwest, the Northeast, the Southwest. Ace of Spades now in. Running knees into Bobby Fulton in the corner. Duke Myers and choking behind referee's back. Referee sees it. Oh, big running knee there by Spade. Picks up Fulton. Irish whip now by Lester Spade. Big kick. Bobby Fulton trying to get the tag to his partner, but can't. Not sure who his partner is. Lester Spade picks him up, tags and Duke Myers holds the arms of Bobby Fulton. Oh, right, Duke Myers gives him a big right hand to the gut and to the back. Oh. Clobber and shot there by Myers. Irish whip now. Big back elbow. Bobby Fulton goes down. Bobby Fulton runs and he gets the tag to his partner. He's got his partner in now. Oh, Ken Raper's in red singlet, white boots. And he comes in, he's getting absolutely pounded by the ace of spades. Oh! Can Rape now get him? Oh, forearm shot to the head. Ace of Spades now uh, whips Ken Raper. Off the ribs comes Ace of Spades. Big knee, big running knee to the gut. Duke Myers tagged in. Ken Raper slammed. Oh, second rope headbutt there by Duke Myers. Beautiful move. One, two, three. Your winner, the team. Your winners, the team of Duke Myers and the Ace of Spades. You didn't think that that was going to last much longer, but when Big Duke Myers dropped, they just went to high five each other. Each other, and they totally missed. Totally missed. The Ace of Spades and Duke Myers wanted to go for a pin at that point. They did, and they win the match. Ace of Spades, Big Duke Myers, Jim Cornette walking out of here victorious. Time on it about uh, two minutes. Yes, sir. They ended up doing what they had to do, and they um, got Raper down and uh, ended up with the pin on it. We're going to continue right on, Dave, in as much as we've got a few minutes left on our expiration of time because we had been talking about it. So what do you say we go for the official announcements on our final bout? 
the midget men's match. All right, in this one, introducing from Arizona at 96 pounds, Chief Lone Eagle, and going against him. From Fayetteville, North Carolina, 99 pounds, Tiny Tom. This match will be to the expiration of time, and the referee is Jerry Calhoun. So we've got expiration of time match. We've got midgets. Chief Lone Cloud going up against Tony Tom. Tony Tom, black trunks, black boots. Chief Lone Eagle has uh, got uh, camouflage kind of uh, tights, no boots. Clubber and forearm shot there by Tom. Fires, uh, fires the Chief up. He's fired. Goes through the legs of Jimmy Callan. Oh, big uh, chop there by Chief Lone Eagle. Tony Tom's got the weight advantage here, 98 pound, 99 pounds. Both men, so he's got a height advantage as well, so just over uh, Chief Lenoogle, calling over top side by Tony Tom. Right hand, uh, oh, clobbering shots. Comparing Tony Tom looks like Bobby Eaton, and he does actually. He's got, <laughs> he looks very much like Bobby Eaton. <laughs> Tony Tom now clobbering away on the uh, Chief. Oh, big backdrop there by Tiny Tom. Stomp. These guys have been doing the uh, doing the loop. We've seen some re we saw some uh, midgets before, a year or so ago. Big knife edge chopped there by Chief Lone Cloud. He's doing the thing. Oh, doing some cartwheels. He's an excitable little character. Big old knife edge chops there by the and a hip toss out of the corner there by Chief Lone Eagle. He's on the war dance. Oh, chopped to the head. Oh, knife edge chop. Irish rip now by Chief. Oh, double knife edge chop takes down Tom. Goes for the cover. One, two. Tony Tom kicks out. Oh, no. One, two. No, we've got the old classic uh, wrestler kicking out. Referee catching the other guy. A tale as old as time. We're midget wrestlers. Hey, what's going on here? Tiny <laughs> Referee Jerry Calhoun is explaining, hey, you threw him at me. I just got him back off of me. I don't think that went over too well with Tiny Tom. <laughs> Both men now are going for a Greco-Roman knuckle lock. Tiny Tom should have the uh, the power advantage. Oh, kick to the gut of Chief Lone Eagle. Yeah, it was top of the boot. Referee was right there, so that's okay. Both fingers are locked still. Oh, monkey flip by Tony Tom. Goes for the cover. One, two. Chief Lonegal kicks out. Still got the fingers locked though, so. One, two. Chief Lonegal powers out again. One, two. Chief Lonegal kicks out again. Tony Tom not happy with the speed of the count. Tom threatening Jerry Calhoun in the corner. Tony Tom not happy with Jerry Calhoun's count whatsoever. Jerry Calhoun backing up in the corner. Doesn't want to feel the wrath of Tony Tom. Corner number top now. Corner number top still. Oh, kick by Chief. Chopped to the head. And a oh, big slam there by Chief. One, two, whoa! 
Jerry, Tony Tom got what he wanted. Jerry Calhoun was a fast count, but he didn't want it against him. <laughs> got another tie up now. Rake of the ice by Tom. Right hand. And Irish up now by Tom off the ropes. Oh, big lot of lovely drop kick there by Tony Tom. Nerve grip now by Tom. Squeezing those trapeziums. Trapeziums. Trapeziists. Jerry Calhoun in there asking to see if Chief Lone... Oh, no. Bump, bump by Chief Lone Cloud. Off the rope. Over the top. Over the top. Oh, no. Lovely. Lovely pin. One. Two. He's got him. Yes, he's got him. Three. Chief Lone Cloud with a lovely... He's got the, uh, the legs around the arms as he came off the ropes. Got him in a cradle-type position. Pinned in one, two, three. Your winner of the first fall, Chief Lone Cloud. One of Tiny Tom's count, but he took him out of action in any event with a one, two, three. And the winner of that particular fall is going to be Chief Lone Eagle, David. Time on it was four minutes, 17 seconds. Okay, four minutes, 17 seconds. We'll check our clock and see what we've got in the way of time. We'll be back in just one moment. Fun, exciting one, that <laughs> tiny Tom. He, uh, he got his number taken care of when Lone Eagle hooked him with those feet and rolled it right on over. Mm -hmm. and, uh, how about a recap on the action today, David? All right, in the open. So as Lance and Dave run down the card, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We've just covered the 2nd of April, 1983. Nice uh, action-packed card. We had everything from tag matches to beatdowns to blood to midgets. What more do you want in a wrestling weekly episodic episode of wrestling? Anywho, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your continued support. Please do not forget to follow us on Twitter at MemphisCast, where you can get news and updates on this and our other show, The Monday Night Project. Also, go over to youtube.com forward slash at MemphisCast if you want to watch the episode. The link is in the description of this podcast. Click on the link, you'll be able to watch the episode that we have just covered. Yes, thank you very much for your continued support. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for the fine folk of Memphis, Tennessee. And once again, thank you to Lance Russell, Dave Brown, and Jerry Jarrett. I have been your host, Mr. Luke Jennings. And until next time. Enjoy. 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 Enjoy.